This episode of Guys Talking Sports is being brought to you by mybookie.ag, the safest place to play, the only place I take my action, the only place I trust. Visit mybookie.ag today. Guys Talking Sports, we're going to be discussing um, college football's opening weekend, the upcoming NFL's opening weekend or opening season, um, a little bit of Ezekiel Elliott suspension, six-game suspension, plus one, and um, we're going to talk about maybe just a little bit of the Kyrie, um, LeBron, you know, Isaiah Thomas trade, and hopefully this is all put to bed. Another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Um, I know I've been away for a while. I was on vacation in lovely Italy, drinking some nice wine and some Italian food, but now back to get at it again. I know this week we're going to be talking about opening weekend of college football and also upcoming opening weekend of NFL and the update on Ezekiel Elliott and his six-game suspension. So we're going to hop right into it. Breaking news that came right up hot off the press. Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension was upheld. However, he gets to play in week one. So we're still trying to have to get through, sort through all of that kind of mess, in my opinion. But guys, what do you think about this one? I mean, this is basically breaking news, like, within the last 10 minutes. Well, I believe I, I uh, called it that I thought it was going to be upheld uh, for the six-game suspension just because um, it, it, it had to send a message to the league that regardless if you're – right or wrong, if you're innocent or guilty, that if you're even put into this scenario, that there has to be some sort of penalty. I mean, somebody has to be held accountable. So I kind of figured this was going to happen. Um, I thought possibly it could have been, uh, the suspension could have been, uh, a couple of games could have been knocked off, but I had a strong feeling that it was going to stay six games. Uh, I... I thought the same thing, um, but is um the thing that kills it gets to me is the fact that you're saying that he play he still can play in week one, if I if I understand you correctly, um, Earl. Uh, yes, he is still eligible to play against the Giants in week one on Sunday. Well, I know for a fact that Giants fans are not too happy about that, but um, more importantly. How is that even possible, the fact that he's, you know, suspended for six games, but yet he still plays week one? Um, I find that very, very, very difficult to believe. And if that is the case, that's not showing anything. That's not – I mean, you're not setting an example if that's the case. So I, I guess I'm confused that, you know, how's it being upheld, but you still have him serving a six-game suspension? Like, I, I'm totally confused by that. Um, if you have him serving six games suspension, just I mean, I don't understand how he could be available for week one. And it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. And all this stuff is really unfolding. I mean, I'm I mean, six game suspension was put on was put on him because of the domestic violence stuff. However, you know, there was a there was an affidavit and a statement by one of the um NFL execs they saying that she couldn't, you know, corroborate the girl's statements because it was all over the place and they couldn't say whether it was factual or not. 
However, your main reasoning for giving them a six-game suspension was, quote-unquote, domestic violence. And they said right in the books, first act of domestic violence, six-game suspension. Bang. You gave it to them. Bang. So now you upheld it, but we still got to figure out how he gets to play week one. Because my opinion, if the suspension was upheld, there was no stay, no arbitration to say that, okay, we're going to allow him to play with one or two or three weeks, and then it comes through. No, you said the six-game suspension was upheld, which means this should start week one. So I'm a little I, – I don't, I don't want to stand this one. I mean, we're going to have to really hear how does, how does this, you know, how does this happen. As a resident Giants fan, I'm, I'm perplexed. Now, you know, actually, I prefer him to be on the field because if the Giants kick, kick that ass, I don't want them to say, well, we didn't have Ezekiel Elliott, so – that's why you want no, no, no. If the Giants win, I'd rather have all your boys on the field so there ain't no way, no excuse if you lose. But still, to me, the, I'm just a little perplexed about this one. But and not what makes this even worse is the simple fact is that you've done all this to set an example, but yet he's still available. Like, I, that's what, I guess that's what kills me. Like, Nobody's going to take this seriously if that's the case, because no matter what situation goes, I mean, happens going forward with other players, now you have this situation here where you're upheld this, the decision that you made. I mean, granted the fact that it could be whatever the reason is, you know, between the person that, the defendant that, um, that, you know, whatever the case may be, even if it's not concrete evidence or hardcore evidence. Like, the simple fact is, is that you had something etched in stone. And to be honest, this is kind of irrelevant. The fact that you got something etched in stone, but yet he's still allowed to play or working ways towards playing in week one, that, to me, doesn't seem like you're putting your foot on the per, on the rules that you have in place seems more likely that there's always going to be some loophole to whatever decision that you make. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I never thought that this whole six game suspension. Well, let me phrase that. I never thought the whole suspension period was based on you know the whole you know domestic violence you know incidents. I think this was just a culmination of a lot of incidents that Ezekiel Elliott was in. And they wanted to throw the book at him to kind of be like, you know, you know, knock it off, get in line. So they used the guise of a very loose, you know, you know, domestic violence accusation. And I'm not saying that what did or didn't happen. If actually did it, then you know, this game is what it what it is. But it seems like their reasoning for giving them a six game suspension didn't seem to be legit or it didn't seem to hold much weight, but it looks like they were suspending him for infractions outside of that that was a culmination of a lot of things i mean if you want to say his his conduct was detrimental to the shield which i think that's the reason why he got suspended then say that i mean but you know the nfl got caught you know uh, roger goodell got caught and they kind of had to ride this out and of course they're not going to come out with egg on their face they had to uphold the six game suspension but I'm, I have to see how is it timeline-wise that he's able to play week one, but then he's suspended from week, you know, to, you know, two to seven. I mean, two to eight, or really two to nine. They have a bye week in there, so uh, I, I don't know. It's very, very perplexing to me.
Well, uh, it's very interesting to see how this is going to take place. Uh, I know it's going to be, it was in court. Uh, I know that they're going to try to appeal the situation. So it'll be very, very interesting to see where this goes next. Now, like I said before, uh, NFL had to take a stance just because it's the mix of violence and they dropped the ball so many different times in this situation with Ray Rice and some other different people. Even if they're wrong or right in the verdict or however it works out, um, it still should, you know, I think they should still wait until, you know, things go through the court law before they make decisions. But, you know, they, they had to make things a little bit more stringent uh, before uh, before things go crazy. So, so fortunate uh, that he is unable to get his suspension uh, reduced, but you know the NFL had to uphold so that you know they, they wouldn't have eight on their face thinking it because you know if however things go down, if the player says X Y Z, that they can uh, they can turn around and do whatever. So the next couple of weeks will be interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. The next couple of weeks is going to be very interesting because what they, I mean, you, they're going to have to do something in this regards, no matter what. And right now, I, currently, I just don't see them. Um, I don't see, I wouldn't see a lot of fans. I don't see a lot of players taking, like, anything that the league throws, up, you know, hands down upon them as far as punishment is concerned, any seriously, because, you know, it's something that, you know, it just, I mean, personally, it just seems as though that the league is never going to be taken seriously, no matter what, at this stage. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it you know, they made themselves look look bad with this one. I'm, and they have been looking pretty <laughs> over the last couple of years, whether it's the whole Ray Rice incident to the Tom Brady and the Deflate Gate. Now you come in here with Zeke Elliott. It's just like, it looked bad. But Roger Goodell, they gave him the power so he can basically do whatever he wants. But well, that's the NFL for you. If anything else, there's always some sort of drama going on anytime during the year. So this is anything different. I will say that they are very consistent in having some, you know, of having something going on at the beginning of the season. Yeah, so now that, that Sunday night game is going to be much-watched TV, so, of course, everybody's going to be tuning in, and there's going to be a lot more money riding on this game now as before. So, <sighs> always with the Giants and the Cowboys. Uh, anyway, so uh, we're going to switch back now. I guess um, this past weekend was college football's opening weekend. Um, a lot of good games that went on. A lot of teams are smiling. A lot of teams weren't smiling. Uh, Florida State definitely not smiling after their own starting QB is out for the season. And uh, also, who was it? Uh, Texas A&M's um, QB also <laughs> out <laughs> for the season. And they're not smiling after blowing a 34-point lead to UCL, I mean, UCLA. So, um, whew, what did you guys think about this opening weekend for, for college football? Well, you know me. I'm a lover of college football. Uh, some really great games, some really uh, some blowouts. Uh, you know, being a West Virginia grad and actually being at the West Virginia Virginia Tech game, that was an uh, atmosphere none like I've ever been 
since probably when I went to the WVU North Carolina Bowl game for Pat White's last game. I mean, the atmosphere is electric. College football is just another beast in itself, just as far as the the pageantry and the uh, the level of love that uh, college football has. So it was welcome sight to, to have some college football back. There was plenty of drama from Maryland upset uh, Texas to to uh, HBCU and Howard going out to UNLV and uh, putting the smack down and taking uh, the FBS by storm and knocking off UNLV. Uh, it's great. You know, this is, this is what, you know, that's probably – college football has its own level of drama. But as far as its own purest form of football before it really gets crazy and all types of headaches and concerns – you got to love college football for just what it is because, you know, every every week they just put it out there on the line. And, and it's obvious when you see FCS teams going upset FBS. Um, got great games. Heck, the UCLA-Texas A&M game, though, that was going on during the same time as the West Virginia-Virginia Tech game. I heard that game was incredible. UCLA coming back from 30-plus points down to beat Texas A&M uh, in the last play of a, a fake spike touchdown pass. I haven't even seen highlights, but, I mean – it's great. You know, I mean, you're you're not American if you don't like some college football now. Huh? You know, that's that's what makes it great. That's what makes men do all their chores on a Friday night because they know come Saturday and Sunday they don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's crazy. But I, I mean, I truly enjoyed it, man. I, I love college football. Uh, I know you guys, hometown squad, Rutgers, put up a nice little fight with uh, Washington there Friday night, but just couldn't just couldn't do enough to pick up a win. But you know, just a promising weekend from the from the good to the bad. Um, I <laughs> um, I, I didn't get a chance to. I checked out my old school. Um, see how they're going on Twitter. Um, I didn't get. Of course, they're not. Um, JCS, uh, JCSU is not um, one of those televised games, but like you said, it's good to see college football back. Um, first and foremost, shout out to Howard University for doing their thing and beating UNLV. I thought that was really a great game. I saw some of the highlights of it, and I thought that was a tremendous game. And it was a tremendous win for HBCUs because, you know, it's amazing that where we are from a football standpoint, but yet, you know, HBCUs don't get a lot of credit or love, you know, because of where they are and, of course, you know, how they rank. But I found that to be definitely uh, – I actually saw the highlights of that, and I was just amazed at what they can do. And, you know, shout-outs to Howard University again. Um, that Texas A&M-UCLA game was pretty – it's, it felt like one of those games that you play, one of them um, football games, like college football games you play um, on an Xbox One and you turn the sliders off and all of a sudden you start just <laughs> going on a score and tear. And, you know, it felt like one of those type of games. Like half the time you were just like, you know what, I'm changing the level to rookie and just going to just run through them. And <laughs> it felt like one of those games. I was just sitting there just in amazement looking at the highlights was like, man, what just happened, you know? And I don't blame, you know, it's just it's 
just the nature of college football, the atmosphere, like you said, Adrian, is is it's at an all time high. You know, it makes me it makes me miss being at a college football game sometimes, just seeing how everybody's just in into it, and it's a lot more um, enjoyable to watch. You know, um, more than to in my opinion, more than the NFL because. You see the fans evolve. You see just the atmosphere, like you said, is so electric. And that's why college football is one of the, 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 the few sports out there where it's going to continue to grow. Just like with college basketball, everybody, you just see how the people interact. And I just thought it was a great experience um, when I used to, you know, when I was going to football game, college football games. But that's neither here nor there. My point is, is that I thought that it's good to have college football back. Um, it's good to see that, you know, every loss now can damage a team and want to see how the playoffs play out at the end of the year. So I'm, I'm very, very interested to see how all this plays out as the college football season progress. Um, but I, I will say this, you know, I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the rankings. And I think that every week, you know, if the rankings change, it's something that everyone looks at is looks upon to see what happens next. So I, I think that everybody's, you know, college football is the sport to watch right now, even though NFL is about to start. But, you know, college football to me has always been this, the football of choice to watch. Well, I guess I'm going to have to go against the grain because since I went to Rutgers, <laughs> never had a vested interest of watching college football except just to go and look at females and... <laughs> <laughs> At least, being honest, at least you're being honest right there. And go to the after parties. I'm, I'm hey, man, that, hey. I, I had no vested interest in the game. <laughs> However, I do get it. You know, it, it, it's college football. It's, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, it's, you know, the tailgating, the people out there, you know, it's, you know, you know like you said, the whole pageantry. And, you know, you know, I do watch college football games and, you know, I, and, you know, there's a lot of good games going on. I mean, I didn't get a chance to catch everything because I was just getting back from, from the trip. But uh, I did catch the Alabama-Florida State game. That was good. I watched that Michigan and Florida game and that Michigan defense. I don't know whether it was more Michigan defense was looking that good or whether it was just Florida's offense that was looking that pathetic in the second half. It was kind of hard. I thought tell. it was Florida's offense. Yeah, Florida's <laughs> offense just has been clicking past two seasons. I mean, they're all right, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I was looking. I was like, hey, I was like, oh, the defense is so strong. I'm like, I, maybe it's one or the other, but I don't know. But, you know, the Alabama-Florida State game was pretty good. You know, fortunately, their starting QB, you know, you know, you know, towards AC, I believe, and he's done for the season. But um, mm-hmm. I was watching a little bit at Texas um, A&M and UCLA, UC, UCLA. UCLA game and that was a virus because I thought the game was over at one point I turned back and it's like whoa what the heck just happened and then like you said it was like you know it was like watching you know playing college football where the computer just gets upset at you and then just starts you know running off points you can't do nothing about it but now they're talking about the coach is going to be fired or will he even make it through the season I think they're being a little bit too you know early with you know you know cutting people's neck but but no, no, no. When it comes to uh, the coach at Texas A&M, he's constantly getting like top 20 recruiting classes. And he has the talent, but, you know, I guess he got spoiled a little bit with uh, with having Johnny Manziel and Mike Evans and that whole squad that was really, really well, played really, really well. And um, 
And then now he's still getting top talent, but he's losing top quarterbacks. And he just – it seems as though it's like if it's not one thing, it's the next. He, he has – he has, you know, the talent, but he just can't seem to put it all together. So I don't know if he's on a hot seat just yet, but um, he's definitely going to be uh, – he's definitely going to have some issues if he doesn't get it pulled together here real quick. <laughs> Yeah, he probably will. You know, who knows if he's gonna make it out the season? But um, I have to give big ups to uh, your your um, your state of choice, Ace Maryland, um, top in Texas. Even though Texas has not been the premium powerhouse it has been over the past years, but um, Maryland put put it on Texas, man. You know, this um, spoiling Herman's debut out there. So uh, you know, it's. It's always going to be something with, you know, the um, college football. Every week it's going to be the game. Like you said, you know, you win, you're out of, you know, maybe the college playoffs, you you know, or you, excuse me, you lose, that can put you out of the college playoffs. If you win, you're still in there. So every weekend is exciting. You know, me personally, I'm, I'm a man that prefers the NFL. But um, I, I do like my college football. Though. Man, it's something about – Man, college football is just, it's crazy. You know, I guess for me, I guess how I came up into really just having a real passion for it, I guess my freshman year at WVU, where we almost, where we played for possible co-national championship my freshman year when we got up, when we got blasted by Florida. But, you know, you run, you go undefeated 12-0, and 0, and, uh, in conference, and you're one of the top schools in the country. You know, it's, it's just a whole different vibe when you when you're on campus, and you know that atmosphere. Everybody's just crazy. Or if I can use the terminology that these here young whippersnappers say nowadays, lit. You know, it's just uh, it was, you know it's just crazy. You know, but then just seeing how things progress, and even though West Virginia had their goods and their bads, their ups and their downs, man, it's just nothing like it. And a bucket list of mine is to try to hit a couple of SEC schools and, and just see how college football is played and down, down at SEC in the mecca of college football. You know, where it's where you thought, if you think college football is big, places like Maryland, West Virginia, up north Michigan, Ohio State, it's a whole different level of whatever down that way, man. And I'm so curious about checking that out. And I mean, I, I can't wait. It's just something I just got to check out. It's just, I don't know, it's just so crazy. It's just football, NFL is good. NFL has its own drama, you know. But it doesn't seem like you see the real, your real football until playoff times come. You know, everybody's just jockeying, just trying to make There's only one playoffs, things get interesting. College football, like you said, now, you know, every win matters. If you don't win in the beginning and you start winning the end, it don't, it don't matter because you're not going to be – the, the possibility of making a playoffs are like nil. So you got to come out there and start punching jokers in the mouth from day one. <laughs> and, and that's what makes it so exciting. But not only that, it's what makes it, I mean, I agree with you 100%, but, you know, what it is is that you still have, you have the audience that you need no matter what, year after year after year, whether it's the college, you know, itself where you have, your school supporting you, whether it's the alumni like you, Adrian, for example, still going to West Virginia games and, you know, still supporting your team. Like it's that support that what's make, 
like college football so so much have that that passion that drive. I mean, NFL is you know you have your fans, but they still got to pay for a lot of things. Like with college football, you don't need to really pay for a lot other than the alumni, of course. But you know they're going to have that ongoing year after year of fans, no matter what. As long as you belong to that school, you're going to be a part of that that football experience. You're going to want to continue to go and support your team, your college, you know, for years and years to come. You're going to start being becoming boosters and, like you said, sorry, you know, doing those type of things. You know, you have diehard fans that are putting in money to help see their team, their college team win. You don't really get that with the NFL because they have owners that do that. And, you know, when the owners is not really invested in, you know, just the team, it's just more about the money aspect. With college football, you have the fans who are interested in the win. So as long as you're winning, you know, college football fan. even if you're losing college football, is going to have their fans and their support like they usually have. You got that right. But it's, yeah. uh, it's a whole different beast. Like I said, you know, when you just got all those type of people that are just there, um, just there just to support the, the atmosphere. You got 90-year-old fans. You got 18-year-old fans. You know, they got nothing in common other than on a Saturday, they'll come to the stadium and they cheer on their favorite squad. And, you know, especially when you when it's college football and it's a state that doesn't have a professional team, even, even bigger. You know, Rutgers, Rutgers can't be – Rutgers can be big, you know, as big as they would want to be. But Rutgers can never compete when you have the Giants and the Jets in the same market. You know, Maryland is, has their own niche, but they still got to compete with the Redskins and the Ravens. You know, University of Alabama. Penn, well, okay, but there's no football, there's no pro squad. No, 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 no. No, I'm saying Alabama is the perfect example. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. I, I, I mean, I've been to Alabama, and no matter from the top end down, it's all about roll tide. I mean, there's people that – Exactly. There's people, like, if you know, that live in Alabama, if their kids are born, they automatically know that they're going to do whatever it takes to get them into Alabama. LSU, matter of fact, there was a um there was a person not too long ago um that was I think was in Alabama and he was a high school kid prospect and he um made this decision after out of high school, his family wanted him to go to um I think Alabama, but he chose LSU. And his mom's was like upset. Yeah. <laughs> upset. <laughs> about it because when he chose LSU I think you saw the, the video when, when he said yeah I'm gonna go to LSU his mom was like yo I am not happy with this decision she wasn't not at all <laughs> I want you, I wanted him to go to Alabama I am not happy with this decision so you have these people out there that are just die hard like you know bleed Alabama colors even though they don't go to Alabama so I mean, go to Alabama University. So it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And when I tell you, college football has its own drama. You know, it's this different type of drama. You just got these kids, you know, smoking weed and they selling books for cash and doing all this other little. Well, then you have Baylor, which is just a different ball of wax altogether. So we're not even talking about that. <laughs> but. <laughs> But um, 
you know, you got all this, it's like, oh, it's just crazy. Like the big thing for your school is if your star player gets hit with a DUI, he misses a game. Like West Virginia's star speedster got hit with a DUI. He had to miss the first game. And that hurt West Virginia because we didn't have the speed on the outside to open up the little top off the DBs. If he was there, I'm not saying we would have won, but it might have made a bit of a difference as far as how the passing attack might have been concerned. Um, but I mean, that's the sort of dramas, you know, in, in the pro football, there's drama because dude ain't getting paid. And he don't want to, he don't want to report the cat where he's going to miss six weeks because he doesn't want to get paid. Or now you got to just deal with this whole domestic abuse thing where you got to, you know, so many different things that they have to deal with. And it's, it's just crazy. You know, so it's just interesting, man. It's, it's just a different, it's just different levels of drama. It's like, do you want that real grown man drama or do you just want stupid college kid not knowing any better type of drama? And it's just <laughs> wherever you want to go from there. Hey, I mean, hey, like you said, college football is, is its own entity. And in some states, they even rival or even, you know, outshine some pro teams. So, you know, you, you can't you can't argue with that. I mean, like I said, I like, I like college football, you know. Uh, like I, I merely said, I didn't care much for college football. Back me with there, you know, only for the parties and the girls. But uh, outside of that, like you said, it's own fandom. Hey, Rutgers is trying to generate that kind of buzz. It's not nowhere near as how is it some places, but they're working on it. Um, you can see it, but uh, hey, it's college football, man. It's like you said, it's nothing. It's it's much more different than the NFL. So you know. Every week, you know, it's, you know, it's it's kind of like a winner go home kind of syndrome. So, you know, you know, this week was open the weekend. A lot of good, you know, a lot of good games, a lot of good teams. Next weekend, boom, you know, you know, you know, more good games, more teams. People are going to be happy. People are going to be sad. Some people are going to be in the top 10. Some people are going to get bounced out of the top 10. So, you know, it's college football. What can you say about it? Right, right. It's the drama. about you? I do love your honesty in regards to the fact that, you know, you was just into the women and the, um, the, the girls and at the parties at the time. Hey, I mean, <laughs> they were garbage back when I was in there. So, Adrian, you can definitely attest to that. However, however, the after parties were, were the bomb. So, I do remember a thrashing or two back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's always great. And it is, it's great because you had an awesome weekend of college football this past weekend. You're going to have another great weekend. Pitt, Penn State, there's a bunch of great games coming up. And then you got the NFL popping off on Thursday, college football Thursday, Saturday, and then you got the pros kicking off Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Man, wives, girlfriends, booze, significant others. They, they hate that man right about now because this this these first two weeks of September, they're like, babe, uh, yeah, yeah, I know we had plans, but you know the squad playing at uh, 1 o'clock. Please. We're going to church this evening, and we got to get the 8 a.m. service because the brother got to be back to watch the kickoff. <laughs> we, we, no, please. We, we, we done, we, you know, we took enough with the reality shows and the season finales of that. So, you know, this is our moment now. Sorry. Yeah. And as I quickly segue over to the NFL, because that was a beautiful segue, Ace, into the NFL, uh, because right now NFL is 
king on Sundays. I mean, so I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. There's they own Sundays from now until what January. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, NFL opening weekends. We already we already know the drama with Ezekiel Elliott. So, you guys, any predictions um, for the NFC and the AFC coming into the, um, this week, or do you want to save your predictions till after the first week unfolds? Nah, what do you mean? First, wait, you talking about um, as far as the season, or are you talking about just for the week? Like, what do you mean? No, like any any, any early predictions, or what do you see unfolding for? You know. This season, like any you know, teams you see as kind of sleepers, any teams that you see is going to probably win a division. Anything you see for like, you know, for the AFC and the NFC, not not counting the playoffs or anything like that, but any expectations or things you might see or predictions okay. for this for the season. Okay, um, I'll make a prediction. I expect Cleveland to be a lot better, and I, 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 I that rookie quarterback. I seen him play. And I see them improving from last season. That's all much of a prediction I'm going to give. Mm. Um, I want to say that Oakland and Derek Carr is going to come back and he has some unfinished business. And I think he's going to come back better, stronger, and lead Oakland to the Super Bowl this year. I, I think I think Peyton Man. I'm sorry, not Peyton Man. Tom Brady's run is about over. Um, them losing uh, their slot receiver, Amendola, I believe it was. Uh, Who? Oh, uh, Edelman. For Edelman, right? I think losing Edelman, even though you know they typically mm-hmm. have a way of just getting in there, and just really putting somebody else in there, and it's like it's all good. But um, I really think Oakland is going to win the AFC, um, NFC. It's crapshoot. It's probably gonna be Green Bay, uh, um, Green Bay, or you know what? I think Tampa's gonna surprise some people too. Jameis Winston is uh, really gonna shine. I think this is his year to shine because they finally got him some real weapons to go along with Mike Evans. Um, so I, I think, I think it's gonna be uh, the year. I think you know what? I'm a, this is my bold prediction. Oakland, Tampa Bay, rematch of Super Bowl, whenever it was, uh, when John Gruden left Oakland, Oakland to leave uh, to coach Tampa Bay, and they met up in the uh, Super Bowl, and Tampa Bay won the uh, Super Bowl. But I think Oakland's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Ooh. That would be interesting. I would love to see Oakland close out, you know, that run there in the stadium with the Super Bowl win. That would probably solidify what Oakland, you know, the whole thing with Oakland. Um, now that they're moving up to Las Vegas, um, but that would be very interesting to see that. What a, what what a way for them to close out that out with a win of the Super Bowl. Um, with the whole idea, I I agree. I would love to see. I I have a good um, feeling that I could see them in the Super Bowl as well. Uh, I I just don't know about New England at this point. I still think that they're still. You're right. Oakland and New England are still going to have that match. I, I, I would love to see that matchup in the um, AFC Finals. Um, for some reason, I just don't see Green Bay getting over this hump. I, I don't know who's going to take them out, take them down, but I see them in the um, NFC um, Conference Championship, but I just don't see them 
going over it. I need to see more out of this week one before I can make that prediction of who's going to challenge Green Bay, uh, at least right now. Uh, but I agree with you about the Oakland and um, New England. Whoever wins out of that most likely will win the Super Bowl as well. I, I truly think that if, if Carr was healthy in the playoffs last year, I think they might have beat New England. Um, I mean, New England was New England was nice last year. Don't get me wrong, but Oakland was just on a whole nother level. Yeah, we we said that last. We said that um, previously before Derek Carr um, injured. Right? We thought that I agree with you. I thought that Oakland should have should have had every opportunity to beat them if Carr was healthy. Yep, yep. I look yeah. forward to that. Yeah, that that's a that's an interesting prediction. Out the, the the Cleveland Browns <laughs> going to be better. I just said that they're going to be better. I didn't say like significantly like 500. I mean, I'm just saying that they're going to be better than where they was. Because I do think that that quarterback that they have now um, is going to really show improve and surprise a lot of people. Uh, that's, I mean, to be honest, I could see him um, being in the running for rookie of the year. Mm. Who, uh, Deshaun Kaiser? Yeah, I think that's the quarterback's name. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, that would definitely be interesting because, you know, uh, Notre Dame's head coach, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but um, he uh, he advised him not to go in the draft and recommended that, you know, he didn't think he was ready. Now, uh, Cleveland drafts him, I believe, in the second round. I just hope, you know, when they put these, uh, they put these, these guys out there and they're young, they're rookies, and, you know, things, you know, come at them really fast. I mean, not everybody can be a Dak Prescott when you have uh, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL to protect you. And then you just need him to be more of a game manager and get his feet wet when you have a dominating run game. Cleveland has a pretty good run game. Cleveland has some pretty good wide receivers as well. But, you know, they don't have the best offensive line. They may have a top 15 offensive line, but it's not like the top three offensive line where Dak could be comfortable, set his feet, you know, read the defense and and, and throw an accurate ball. Um, So... It's, it's, it's just interesting uh, to see how he plays out. Now, um, if I had to go for rookie of the year, you talking about overall rookie uh, between either NFL, I mean, uh, and uh, AFC and NFC. Um, I think Leonard Fournette probably just because he his body is just built like. He should have been playing in the NFL four years ago. Um, and when he played in his first preseason game, he was like, this is it. Like, you know. Hey, Ace, you're freezing up. Ace? Okay, looks like we kind of lost him there for a second. Yeah, I think we did. Running backs in the SEC tend to be a little bit more I'm freezing up. You got me? Yellow. Uh, yeah, I think we got you now. Okay. All right, cool. When I was saying that uh, running backs in the NFL, running backs from the SEC 
tend to be more NFL ready just because of the style of play that they're playing at these teams. Now you're breaking up again. Oh, I think we lost him. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I guess I'll go, and then if he comes back, we can let us talk again. But uh, okay. as far as my predictions, I still think the Jets are going to be terrible. <laughs> um, I think that Deshaun Watson in, Tex, in Texans is going to be starting before season is over. Um, the Patriots are still going to be the Patriots, even though I think the Patriots will not I repeat, will not make it to the Super Bowl. Um, I think the um, I don't think it's going to be much more of an Edelman issue. I think it's just going to be just whoever they play coming to the playoffs. But I, I can see the Patriots not making the not making the Super Bowl this year. And um, for the NFC, I like I like I agree with Ace. It's, it's a toss up. I mean, you have. Um, I mean, you have a lot of good teams out there. I don't know. I mean, there's some talk that the Eagles might make the playoffs this season. I don't see it. Well, let me rephrase that. It's going to be a lot of competition, but I, I don't think it's going to be two or three teams coming out the NFC East to the playoffs. I think it's going to be one team coming out the NFC East going to the playoffs. So uh, I, I agree with you on that. <laughs> I think that um, Tampa Bay is going to be a lot, a lot better. I think Cam is probably going to – I think Cam's going to have a definitely uptick year from last year. I think he's going to be good to go. I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to be a lot more scarier than a lot of people want to, want to give credit to. So, um, with, hmm, that's interesting because I really didn't think that much in regards to – who it is that, you know, as far as the teams is concerned, would take that significant jump. I, I still don't know at this point. Um, and you guys already made your predictions for the most part. Um, I still would have to see the rest of week one for me to make that, you know, to say, okay, I, I, I got an idea. Uh, so I can't really make that prediction of who I'm saying is going to come out of each, you know, division, let alone right now the NFC. Um, until I see week one of all the games. And once I see that, then I can get a better understanding. I'm, I just can't make that prediction right now. Ace, what about you? What was the question? No, we're still talking about the um, who's the, um, you know, predictions as far as the um, out of the divisions and, you know, we still continue on that. Um... I, I still think I still think Oakland's gonna come out from the AMC. Um, Kansas City can't sleep on Kansas City just because of uh, Andy Reid and the consistent success that they've been having. Um, and the, the NFC is just so so up in the air, you know. It's 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 literally shit. It's literally. Uh, It's literally a crapshoot. I mean, anybody from the NFC can really come out of it. I mean, still, I, you know, you got you got your usual suspects, the Green Bay's. As long as Dallas can kind of hold down the fort with this whole uh, uh, 
Zeke thing, you know, the Giants has improved uh, considerably. Anything's possible. So it'll be interesting to see. How about how about this? You know, I know that we you know want to make the early predictions, but how about we hold it off until after week one before we get really into it? How about that? Okay. 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 Up for next week. That way that, you know, we can honestly say, all right, this is what we're going to do. This is where, you know, what we have as sleepers and what we could do from then on. You guys okay with that? That works for me. Sounds good. Okay. Um, I know that we, 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 you know, we still got the NFL, of course, but um, since we didn't have anything um, last week, um, I guess a quick question, you know, before we wrap this up. Um, of course, we know now that they um, – and that way we can finally, finally stop talking about this. Um, the whole thing with um, the Kyrie Irving now being officially in Boston, uh, of course, now with Isaiah Thomas, um, Jay Crowder, um, Zintik, that center, and the Boston now giving them the second-round pick to Cleveland along with the Brooklyn pick. So now that this deal is officially over, um, just want to get you guys quick takes on it. We don't have to spend too much time on it because we've spent a lot of time with it already. Um, I was just, I don't know if there's, if there's, I'm not sure there's a really a clear winner yet. I mean, um, you know, Boston still has a lot more picks that they have, you know, in the cover that they can go through. Um, Cleveland definitely has that second-round pick. So, I mean, and they have Brooklyn's first-round pick, whether they decide to keep it or shop it. I don't know. But uh, it's – I think we really won't be able to really tell who's winning and who's losing until the end of next season. Um, I think with – you know, if if uh, Isaiah Thomas comes back, and, and obviously it's 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 well known that he's not going to begin the season uh, in the starting lineup. And I think quietly the best kept secret this whole thing is that the signing of their, uh, Derek Rose. If he can play at a high level, who doesn't have to be All Star level, but has to be serviceable, like he was with New York when he played and gave good minutes, giving you seventeen a game. Um, I think personally, Cleveland probably made out better on the trade um, because as much as I like Kyrie, I still don't believe that Kyrie is that person that will lead a team to a championship. Just my opinion. He's no different to me than, than a Chris Paul. Chris Paul is nice. Chris Paul ain't leading no team to a championship. I mean, this, this, that's just real talk. I mean, he had – he had a solid squad in, uh, with the Clippers. I mean, granted, it wasn't the best squad, but if he was that dude, you know, he might have done something to propel, you know, the greats, those who, who had that will to be that dude, the Kobe Bryants, the whomever, find a way to will their team to the championship. They're the best player in their team. Kyrie is nice. Kyrie can get you 30, 30, and, 30 and 7 if he so chooses, but he don't play defense. So... I think Cleveland, with what all they got, they got that first round pick. Um, I think I think they made out well. Now, regardless of if LeBron decides to stay past this year, nobody knows. Probably won't. But um, I think they made out all right, just based off of that. Okay. 
I think they won. I think they they got the better of the deal, in my opinion. Um, wait, who did you say got the better deal, Cleveland? Yeah. Okay. Um, I do agree with you. Um, number number one, I'm just glad this is now official. Um, mm. because the whole going, it would have been very awkward with Isaiah going back to Boston and Kyrie going back to Cleveland. Um, I'm just glad that it's done. Um, to be honest, I think Boston right now is turning out to be the San Antonio of the East. Um, where they're not really just relying on just one particular person, but I think it's more of a team effort that they're utilizing. Um, and they need that, you know, they, I think they're getting all the assets they need to be a team, um, that's going to be reckoned with, um, not just for now, but for the future as well. Um, but all in all, I'm still I, Cleveland did. Cleveland, ah, Cleveland may have won this deal um, because they got an extra pick out of this, but I still think that you know Boston is. I really believe Boston um, is putting together a team to be reckoned with, not just for now, but for the future as well. Um, and I'm gonna stick by. I'm gonna stick by that. Uh, but. Um, I guess that's, I mean, we'll see. We'll just see how that plays out all in all. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it's, uh, you know, it looks like immediate winner will look like it would be Cleveland per se. But like I said, overall, I guess, like I said, it's going to be hard to tell until the season starts playing out and you see how things progress. But, you know, I think, you know, both of them actually made out, made out well. And on that note, my fellas, it is about that time. So, Al Ace, you want to let them know where they can find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Guys, I always draw a blank with this. Uh, CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. CatDaddy, C-A-T-D-A-D-D-Y, 1963 on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter as well. I am Al Qualls. You can also find me on Instagram with that same handle. Um, shout out to everybody that's been um, reaching out to me. Um, but again, um, alcohol is on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can find me on the Snapchat, the Gram, Facebook, J-E-R-O-S-S-7 at, and actually on Twitter as well. And for that, fellas, we are out. Thanks for another, um, another week of joining us for Guys Talking Sports, and we will see you next week. Peace out. Peace out. Stay up, Houston. Be careful out there, Miami, Florida. I see you guys. Yo, stay up as well. Yeah, these hurricanes is crazy. There's even another one behind uh, this current one that's coming out to hit Florida. So you guys, yeah. be careful. Stay safe. Stay safe out there.